Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We are now recording. Uh Uh-oh. Play my music. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, but not any old Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. It is the start of the brand new World Cup Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the World Cup too seriously. But actually, that's that's <laughs> completely incorrect. I'm taking both things, myself included, extremely seriously. Uh, so next to me, faithful, trusty old Phil. Hello, Jonathan. And down the line, in the shipping container, presumably in Exeter? Yes, the shipping container's down by Keyside in Exeter. It's Tim Cocker. Yeah, uh, my shipping container's been plonked outside the hotel that the rugby team are staying in ahead of their game in the Premiership Cup against Exeter. I tell you what, Premiership Cup this weekend is going to be exciting. Have you seen the Sale Sharks team? <laughs> Woo! Looks pretty tiny, doesn't it? Well, they're just using it as a first-team warm-up fixture, aren't they? Oh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> I've just watched uh, 10 minutes of Harlequins versus Bristol. Which I'm quite enjoying, actually. Anything happening in it? Um, well, Bristol look much weaker than Harlequins. Harlequins are up by 10 points, but Bristol should have got a try. So it's just <laughs> just nice to see Premiership Rugby back, even though it's not Premiership Rugby. Yes, and stop. We've got the biggest show on earth. Yes. We've been waiting for for four years, and it's started. What, are, you, are you that excited about the Premiership Cup? <laughs> <laughs> that is astounding. <laughs> but no, there, there, there was something else that happened today, of course. Just a little thing. Just a little thing. A little and, thing um, at 11.45 this morning. Do you know what? You know, it simultaneously exceeded my, my expectations and also disappointed me a bit. Why were you disappointed? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just a little bit spoiled because I watch a lot of rugby. And you know me, I like a... a, a team that, that, that's the thing that i like a real big team uh, I as like in watching... big as in physically big physically big team i like yeah. to watch like i'm the kind of guy that if it was still allowed i'd lip down to the coliseum and watch bears rip apart gladiators <laughs> that's what i that's what i would like to do um and it just felt i don't know for an opening game i appreciate that japan are the hosts and they couldn't really go up against one of the big teams because that wouldn't be great um and instead we got this and it was much more competitive than i expected it to be it was it was more competitive than I was expecting. I mean, not not Spain, 
did. They scored first. Yep. They did remarkably well in the first half. To they were almost leading at half time. Yeah, but uh, they they you did feel that it was always going one way, and the the Russian team. I mean, some of them are enormous. They are big boys. Some uh, some seriously seriously physical boys. That number seven uh, Gadzev was. Oh, class, so, he was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But the, you, you kind of, re- they're really not. Ve- they're not nearly as bad as I was expecting to be. No, no. The defense was was much better. The, the bit that, the bit that, did leave a little bit to be desired was their conditioning. Yeah, they've had too much steroids, not enough EPO. Exactly, exactly get, what, exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. They get getting their dosage, not quite right on those two. Uh, right, you, you mentioned Gadzev, uh, uh, but the, the other person on the pitch that I love, Himeno. How good is he? The number eight for Japan. Well, oh, he's yes. a second choice eight, right? Well, you got yeah. you got um, Maki, haven't Maffy. you? Maffy, sorry. Maffy. Not Ma- now, was that the guy that was kicked out kicked out of Bath Rugby for yes. skipping the queue in the physio line? Uh, he also had a few allegations oh, on his time in Australia. But let's not go into them. No, now. let's go into it. <laughs> no. So he's injured. The one, th- the one thing you missed was the opening ceremony. Did either of you see any of that? So, so I was working, well, all day, um, and I managed to watch most of the game uh, while I was crunching some numbers and um, having my lunch. I missed. I had to miss the opening ceremony, sadly. So. Uh, is Manchester Airport going to get double the amount of peers that, uh, <laughs> that it ordered just because you were eating your lunch and not con- oh, sorry watching uh, rugby and not concentrating? When I was crunching the numbers, yeah, yeah. Uh, there might be some that are way too high or way too low. <laughs> I guess I'll find out <laughs> next week. And only uh, and only passenger safety will uh, will suffer. <laughs> Scott uh, Scott Smith tweeted to us at Rugby Podcast and he said uh, it was weird waiting for a rugby game by having a coffee. I'm watching Judge Rinder. <laughs> Who's Judge Rinder? <laughs> it's an ITV daytime show. Like, our, our, our effort at Judge Judy. <laughs> yeah, that's actually quite a good point, actually, because if you're looking forward to the rugby, the accompanying programming around the rugby is exactly the same as it would be at that time of day normally. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, Jeremy Kyle or whatnot will finish, and then you're straight into the world-class sporting event. Yes. Um Talking of uh, opening ceremonies, I thought I might just play this just for a bit of um, nostalgia. There's a dream. Oh, no. <laughs> Paloma, Paloma, what? Paloma. Here's a question: Why? Why did they decide to do it properly this year? <laughs> so, Tim, did you get to see the? Yeah, no, I saw bits of it. Yeah, I did. Japan clearly haven't got the memo about what's meant to happen at, at opening sporting opening ceremonies anymore because they obviously didn't get the memo that the music's meant to be way too loud. Yep. That that the person on the microphone's voice is meant to be inaudible from being so screechy and loud. Yep. Uh, you, it, can, you, can, the you can actually hear stuff. Yeah, I th- always think that the microphone in the open ceremony should sound a little bit like the announcements in King's Cross Station. Yeah. With with re, reverb, yeah, reverb yeah. echo right round, perfect. Yeah, and they clearly uh, also didn't get the memo that you're meant to hate England because England got a nice round of applause and a cheer when they announced them as a team. Did they? 
Yeah. Ooh. Like, come on. This is not playing... You were, this is not rugby. Well, get um, with it. You're meant to hate England. Yeah, you're not <laughs> going to become a, a tier one nation doing that kind of, that kind of carry-on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And there was a lovely moment. I don't know whether you've seen it, but you... Um, oh, no, you haven't seen it, but one, one moment from the opening ceremony that I really liked. Richie McCall brought the... Uh, the Webb Ellis Trophy on uh, and delivered it to Japan. And he, he didn't arrive by helicopter. That was that was what? disappointing. But as we know, he flies them. But he he did this lovely little look back. He put the, the trophy down on the stand. <laughs> he stood and looked at it for a second. And then as he walked off, he did this stop and looked back at it longingly. Oh. It, was a, it was actually a really lovely moment, genuinely. I, I want to see that because I, I, in my head, I've got, like a cheesy eighties movie where the father leaves his son for the last time, like last time before he goes to war, it, and he's walking away and just looks back. In my head, I've got that you know, famous picture of the of the Native American man with a tear rolling down his cheek, <laughs> looking <laughs> overlooking his lands. That, that, that's what I've got in my mind. Um, I, I, thought, I thought they did a good job. I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, so far so good. I mean, all this week the build-up has been absolutely tremendous. To be fair, yeah, yeah. that Welsh uh, open training session looked amazing. Uh, there's a few yeah. bits and pieces with, pieces with Joe Marlon manhandling kids. Looks amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. another another Rising Suns episode. Yeah. looked amazing. Um, Johnny May doing archery. Amazing. Look, look dangerous. Uh, the other the one. O2 advert. Um, the O2 advert. Oh, uh, and I tell you, the other one. Did you see? Um, Friend of the podcast, uh, Khaleesi, going go to training. Oh, no. I've not. Oh, what, was that when he was running through the crowd of kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have seen that. That was good. So, yeah, so far, the build has been great. So, anyway, this game. Let's talk about the game. Yes. Just a very, 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 very quick reaction to the big, big budget RFU O2 promo <laughs> of <laughs> Owen Farrell, Johnny May. No. Maratoji getting into the I don't know what the armor would be but the samurai get up yeah um right okay so there are certain scenes in that promo video particularly when they're running through the field they literally look like the Ku Klux Klan I mean like there's no other way to put this I I have tweeted I've tweeted a picture of it just saying uh, a vile a vile vision of Trump's America um I I don't know it was it's just so misguided. The video is so misguided. It's just not of this time, is it? It's very well. It's very well produced. I actually, JB, it's only now you've explained what you were referring to that I actually understand that gag. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't get that. I you're, you're exactly right, Tim. That the the production values are unbelievable. <laughs> it, it is like a Hollywood movie. Uh, like I would have thought the RFU had budget issues. Right? Exactly. <laughs> hey, this is O2. They've got loads of money. Um, but then I was just so c- confused. I don't know what to think. Are they... And who are they supposed to be? Yeah, it makes... Where are they supposed to be? What are they uh, wh- doing? What time yeah. is this supposed and to be? Way, don't these Japanese warriors then put on the, armor, the uh, uh, ablative plating and whatever it is and march across the fields of corn with swords in hand? Presumably they're off to attack a village. <laughs> and, but well, it looks like the, the first part looks like they're going to defend a village, but then all of a sudden they're on the offensive. Yeah, yeah. Where, they, where are these guys going? <laughs> you know, who is going to be on the end of those blades? <laughs> it, it's a bizarre concept. I mean, I mean, when Johnny May was a cartoon version of Johnny May was a bullet train speeding around Tokyo. I wasn't asking these same questions to be honest. <laughs> so, so maybe I'm I'm just it's a sinister, hypocrite because like. 
you know, you fast forward that, if, if, you know, an hour or so when they arrive to the village and, you know, they're setting fires to curtains in order to... Women being dragged off into huts. <laughs> it's just not, it's not good. It's not good. Men of fighting age getting slaughtered. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I don't imagine there's many of those community coaches sitting around thinking, oh, that was worth the money for me to lose my job. Yeah. <laughs> So in, in mixed views, I guess, on that one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, very well produced, all the, the same. Pr- the production is exceptional. The music was, was brilliant. I, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed the production values. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if I've watched it with music on. Mm, it's mm. good. It is genuinely a good thing to watch, but just confusing. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, the game, let's talk about the game. Yes. Yes. So... <sighs> I, I kind of alluded to it at the start of the um, podcast, but a little bit underwhelming, mostly because of the size of the two packs. I know size isn't everything, yada, 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 but Japan showed up to this game with two second rows, both are shorter than me, <laughs> in Wimpy van der, Vol- van, van der Waltz and uh, more. And I just think, like, how can you play professional rugby with two two second rows that small? But the lineup was good. Yeah, well, it wasn't the, bad. The lineup was good. Their, their scrum struggled a little bit when they were tiring uh, before Japan changed their props. But other than that, they, their set piece worked pretty well. Yeah, and they also repelled a, a Russian line... Well, two Russian line, line outs right at the start, which I thought was quite, impre- quite impressive. thought if the Russians were going to get anywhere... I mean, you've got lads in the Russian pack like Val Mor- Morozov, who I can tell you right now is one of the biggest humans alive. He is listed at 112 kilograms. He is he's not. not he's weight. <laughs> he is not 112 kilograms. I I know 100. I've been up to 112 kilograms, and I've never ever been anything like <laughs> yeah. Val Morozov. Okay. Um, then you've got uh, lads like Andre Ostrakov. Who yeah. again? I've been looking. He, he to, is a big boy. He's well. bloody like. Andre Oskarov will look at two six-foot-one guys and look at that as a tasty hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> right, so, actually, the, the challenge Russia presented was far greater than I ever thought possible. And those two driving lineouts, early doors, actually showed you know, Japan to be a relatively, relatively decent outfit. And I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see them as a very competent team, but not anywhere near good enough to cause Ireland or Scotland any issues. Do you think... I'm relieved, I'm relieved that they played Russia... In the opening game, because they made so many errors, and if they if they make that many errors against a good team, they are going to get slaughtered. Well, good so there, were, there were there were a lot of nerves in that Japan team. I think the the weight of expectation was heavy on them. In yeah, that, I mean, two charge down kicks and the initial kickoff. Well, no, it wasn't the initial kickoff. It was Tupu who was underneath a box kick in the first two minutes and didn't actually get anywhere. Didn't touch the ball. The ball bounced two yards in front of him. That's bad. I mean, that's all, really, all of those, really bad. They did settle into the game much better, and you could see their conditioning. You could see how much fitter they were. But it wasn't. It wasn't a vintage Japan um, game. But Russia did well. That Russia's defensive shape. Sorry, not Spain's defensive shape was far better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, uh, I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in World Cup history. That's yeah. actually what I thought. <laughs> I did like your prediction. Well, look, <laughs> our friends at Betfair uh, was what Japan with a handicap of forty. So yeah, uh, I mean, fair play to not Spain. Uh, they did they did really really well. They, uh, it was a performance to be genuinely proud of. You've you've both hinted at it. Um, do you think Japan can 
um, worry Scotland or Ireland. They play Ireland next and Scotland last. Not even, I, not they, even cannot, they cannot trouble Ireland because Ireland play a uh, a game which doesn't allow high risk rugby. It doesn't allow it doesn't allow errors, and they're, they're just going to squeeze the life out of Japan. They have got a chance against Scotland because Scotland will play into their hands a little bit. Although I think Scotland will actually just tighten up their ship a little bit and play play bo- just box clever against Japan and I shut out that risk. Kind of agree with everything that Tim just said. So, based on this performance, yes, I think I'm still optimistic that I've seen enough from previous games of Japan that they could worry. Probably, I, I do agree. Probably not Ireland, Tim, but. I think they could they could spark something with Scotland, particularly given... I mean, both teams, it's the, the final game, but if Scotland pick up a couple of key injuries, then Japan could do something there. Mm. So uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like to rule it out I just think, yet. I don't know, I, the performance for me of Japan would have to be 50% better, at least yeah. 50% better. Now, whether they have that in them or not, uh, that will sort of depend, and if you know, maybe it could be competitive. It'd have to be Scotland, Scotland on an off day, Japan on an absolutely mega day, uh, and that's the only way this is going to happen. It's going to be more interesting to see if they can beat Samoa. But as as it is, Japan mm. go to top of the group, mm-hmm. and importantly, they did get. Well, they've got more points than anyone else in the competition. They top top of the overall standings right now. Yeah, but importantly, they did get four tries, so they get a bonus point. I suppose that are bonus points in play. They are in play. That is important. Yes. So that oh, that is important. If, if teams are tied, it's on on overall points. It's on the head to head. Yes, and so there was there was quite a good video. Um, or an article explaining that you could have three teams in a pool like this if Japan beat Scotland, uh, Scotland beat Ireland, and Ireland beat Japan. So mm-hmm. in that little round robin, they all beat each other. They could all technically end up on the same amount of points um, with a head-to-head that's all equal as well, a three-way head-to-head that's all equal. What happens then? Uh, I think it's points four or tries. No. But there was... The, this article, which was quite a good one, I can't remember where it was, um, actually painted a picture where in that final game, Japan conceding a try could move them up the... Um, Japan conceding, conceding a try? Conceding a try. So if Japan are playing Scotland in the final game, Japan conceding a try could see them qualify. Because I understand that, because of course it's... So to do with oh god I, I do understand I yeah. but I'm not going to explain it I don't want to try and explain it now because I, I only read the article they, briefly a they, while ago they go up one team on a head to head but it would drop them below another on a oh I don't care oh, yeah no. it's, it, not gonna, it's not it's probably not going to happen it's it's uh, so unlikely the Samoa Samoa Japan is going to be a tasty game mm, yeah agreed now I've got a question for you what kind of person in a professional rugby outfit would deliberately concede a try if it meant you were going through. Well, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> and on that. <laughs> oh, Robert Howley. Robert, Robert Howley. Oh. That's what I can say. Robert Howley. Rob Howley. <sighs> oh, Rob Howley. Wow. Uh, well, I guess if you're new to the sport, and there's every chance that you've listened to this podcast for the first time ever because you are new to the sport and there's a World Cup on, and you're probably wondering why I keep repeating the name Rob Howley. Well, Rob Howley, the Welsh attack coach, has been sent home this week because, well, 
He's been gambling, allegedly. Uh, there's allegations of some that he had been placing bets. Yes. Uh, on rugby games. Yeah, this is... I think it's fair to say that this is bad. This is... This is bad more than anything. This, if the allegations are true, this is unbelievably stupid. Yeah. Un- unbelievably stupid. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of more stupid things. Uh... uh I can't. I, I can't think of anything more stupid. I mean, the man has got uh, one of the handful of dream jobs, not in rugby, but in sport, uh, maybe. You know, it, once you've got an international rugby gig, it is, it's a pretty amazing place to be. And he's blown it. And he's blown his reputation. Um, he's blown his job. I, I mean, it's just an epic disaster. Uh, I, I, th- I think the only people that aren't going to be terribly hurt would probably be Wales, who've replaced him <laughs> with someone, you know, who I think are better, uh, who I think is better. Well, well, that that it's interesting from two sides actually. Um, the reaction from Wales, there were some um, suggestions that the timing of this could be conspiratorial on Twitter in the cesspit that is Twitter. I'm not going to say where they came from, but I saw a few tweets. What I don't understand that. that. Can you can you flesh that out for me cuz I don't understand why what's the conspiracy? They want the, Stephen Jones in. No, no, the the timing would be bad for the Wales camp. Do, doing it the timing just before a World Cup would is suspicious. That they're trying to dis- that someone is trying to disrupt oh, Wales. Oh, oh. But actually I think if, if they are trying to disrupt Wales, this is the worst way of disrupting Wales because I would prefer to have... Me personally would prefer to have Stephen Jones. Yeah, I would. And Wales won a grand slam when half their players didn't know if they had jobs or not. They were, tra- yeah. they were, they were trying to merge two, yeah, the point. two biggest regions. So actually, the, the disruption and the turmoil, if anything, could strengthen the resolve of the Welsh Exactly. Team. And and what is Wales all about? Well, it's about misery. I mean, the country's <laughs> about misery, their domestic rugby's about misery, and the only thing which they cling <laughs> on to, and which is why they play so hard, is to play for the national team, because everything else is miserable. Uh, so, <laughs> and you can say that if, if someone's a first-time listener. You can say that because you are... Paul, North, I'm from North Wales. North Wales. I'm from North... Yeah, so I, I know about these things. Um, so... Basically, removing their coach should make them a little bit more miserable, and shows them also that you know this uh, this career is fragile. So play hard, <laughs> or you'll be sent home like like Rob Howley. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, w- I I don't know if either of you have seen the press conference with Martin William and Warren Gatland. I have not. It's quite an interesting. I thought Martin William. That's Martin Martin Phillips. Yes. Martin Phillips handled himself very well and spoke very well regarding what he could deal with on this. But one of the points that I think he made on that was so all of the players and coaches are well aware of Regulation 6, World Rugby Regulation 6, which is anti-corruption and betting. The point where they have to do frequent online tests to prove that they know the content <laughs> of what it says in regulation six. Oh my god if, I mean, if anyone i mean that it not only that but there are there are high profile cases um i can't think of any in, in rugby union actually but in rugby league there was the sean long martin gleason yes there was they it, were betting on themselves two, to win weren't they no or was it games they weren't part of so it was this is in 2004 when um they knew so Saints had a really tough running. Um, yep. St. Helens Rugby League had a really tough run of fixtures. They knew they were going to be rested for a, a game, I think it was against Bradford. And so they put 
several thousand pounds on that Saints would lose. Saints got hammered by 50 points because they they played a second team. So allegedly, as reported by the Times, uh, it was the betting company that yeah. grassed him up. So that's what Martin Williams said. So they had... Um, there was an initial request for information from Martin a betting Phillips. company. Martin Phillips. Sorry, I keep saying Martin Williams. Yeah. Not the former flanker. Martin Phillips. Um, there was an re- initial kind of request for information and then um, the betting company there... I can't remember the, the term of it, but they have uh, a team... They do. ...who investigates this kind of action. I was speaking to a man today, I won't mention his name, but I was speaking to a man today who actually writes guidance and, eth- and ethics and uh, safeguarding in, um, in, uh, for this sort of thing. So, yeah, that's exac- exactly what they do. Now, I'm not being... You know, I, I don't think if I was a high-profile pro- international coach, I'd bet in, ma- bet in my own name. Uh well, you definitely shouldn't do if you're betting on on uh, your own sport. Yeah, I mean, if they're giving you training, because the thing about training, awareness training, is it's not really awareness. It's not so much the awareness of what you shouldn't do. It's training on how to get round it in a lot of ways. <laughs> so he mustn't have paid any attention to what they were saying. Yeah, none at all. But but then the, the uh, Regulation 6... It talks about connected people. So you can't get... Your wife to do it. Yeah. yeah you can't get right. family members or direct connections. And it's it's no one involved in the rugby club can, so can, can do anything like this. So even da- down to physios, down to effectively like um, kit men or any, anyone who could be anybody privy... Anybody might be privy to information that the general public would not yes, Correct. agree. It's like in, in radio, they've sharpened up all this as well. It's all the same, very stringent and it's it's very... Because in the past, loads of people that I know that have worked in radio for a long time... Oh, um, like when you got those new trainers? <laughs> have been caught... <laughs> have been caught giving away... Uh, the, the the star prize was a holiday to Ibiza, and he gave it <laughs> giving the prize to his mates, <laughs> uh, and got himself on the trip as well. I would so do that. I just, well, I mean, what's the point in having power if you can't use it? I well, just you, don't you can't, understand. Can't anymore. So, so you have you have to random. So, when there's a winner picked now, it has you have to prove that it is randomly selected. Yeah. And there's no human involvement. But it used to be the case where. Phone up now, and just, I'll give you the answers. Just pick, you could pick a winner. So, um, uh, I, I well, no, it doesn't matter. Do you want to just put a marker there for that? Yeah, I'll just that put one. a marker up. Yeah, nothing, nothing like, just, just to be clear, not I have never, I personally <laughs> have never, but I have. But a connected, a ne- connected person. I forget it. It doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there is also a text message doing the rounds. Which yeah. I am certain is false. Yeah, but it's worth saying because there's so 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 many, so many funny connotations. And one of the one of the things is um, he won he won money and laundered it through his calf. Now it is certainly not true that this has happened, or I doubt it is. But I just love the idea of someone walking into a calf in South Wales and ordering six thousand pounds worth of sandwiches. <laughs> Have you never seen Breaking Bad with, <laughs> yeah. with the uh... eight thousand pounds worth of soup, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want bowls. You want it in monetary value. Not a problem. Sir. <laughs> well, do you know what? It, it, because we've established that if the allegations are true, he is monumentally stupid. 
he would have he would it was, it was someone who would do that if the allegations are true would also be stupid enough to think that laundering money just means putting it in a dishwasher <laughs> <laughs> yes that is true, true. Well, the thing about rob howley as well is he's, he's kind of famous for not having teams that score many points so, I Correct. mean, I hope he wasn't trying too hard for Wales to be first try scorer. And if he was, <laughs> you know, who doesn't try and get their team to be first try scorer? Yeah. That would be the thing. Yeah. But, um, well, you know. Yeah, the, the odds of that bet have shortened now. Yeah. 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 So here's a conundrum. I mean, this really does make me think Wales are a low scoring team. So if he was betting for the other side to score first, I mean, against Wales, that's a pretty solid bet. Apart from in the uh, the island game in the Six Nations this year, yeah, but that was they scored early in that. Yeah, so I mean, it kind of has the the knock on effect, doesn't it? If you're not particularly good at kind of like blind people, right? So people that are blind have got phenomenal hearing. They, they're often piano tuners. You know, you put them on hot air balloons, and they've got an amazing sense of when the balloon's going up or down. All the other um, all the other senses sharpen up. Sort of like Wales, their attack has been so poor for so long, their fitness has, has gone through the roof, and now their defence is excellent. So in a way, Rob Howley might have done them a favour. <laughs> and now you bring Stephen Jones in, Jones in, watch out. be interesting to see... He might, he might yet be a hero then, Rob Howley, that's what you're saying. Yeah, it's P- clever. Potentially, yes. Uh, I, I mean, the other thing as well which has been going around on Twitter is, he has a problem. You know, this, is, this, this shouldn't be... Shouldn't be judged as a bad man. I know that lots of journalists have written about it because I guess, you know, a lot of people know him in the sport. He's been around for a long time and by all accounts, he seems like quite a nice guy. And he was a legend of a player. Legend of a Hell player. of a player. So I don't really know where I really stand on that other than say, you know, lots of things are addictive. Money's addictive, you know. Yeah. All sorts of things are like, addictive. Gambling is addictive. <sighs> uh, like, uh, it is, I've seen people with... I've known people with yeah, gambling, gambling yeah, problems. I kind of know people with, you know... Uh, all sorts of other addictions. Lots oh, no. of things are addictive. Gaming's yeah. addictive. Lots of things are addictive. It doesn't yeah. mean it's. Uh, we should trivialize it. Mm. But there, there is a. I mean, is. I, I still feel like it, so. Definitely not trivialize it, and and it is a problem. Um, gambling addictions are, are serious problems, but there is like if I, I just can't help, help but get my head round. Yeah. Don't bet on rugby. You know that you are going to yeah, lose go, your job. Go, yes, and that's go, exactly go to right, the, Phil. Go to the slot machines or bet on the horses or the dogs or football. Like, that's you, that's where I am. You've just helped me clarify my mind here. I'm exactly with you. There are lots of things to bet on. So to say, oh, he's got a problem with gambling, he might do if I look into his accounts and it's all on horses. I mean, I can sympathise with that. I'm not sure I can sympathise with him that much when potentially he is putting at risk the hard work of these young men who put their bodies on on the line. Yeah. And that's where I that's what I can't get over. Yes. Hmm. Right. We'll watch we'll uh, let, let's hope Wales go out in the pool stages and then we'll get the the outcome of that gambling situation a bit sooner, won't we? <laughs> We're looking forward to an update on on, uh, on this truth we told. Yeah. Um, A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How many games tomorrow? There's one or two. Mm-hmm. Far away. Well, by the time people listen to this podcast, they may have already happened. Okay. Well, that's, that's the fun of it. That's the fun of it. There is a good chance that you'll be listening to us totally incorrectly predict uh, these next three games. But good. we're going to well, do it anyway. Let's, 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 keep it, let's keep it brief anyway, then. So, we have got... What time does the first game kick off? 5am, 5, 5 I'll 5 be up. 5.45. 5.45. Oh, 5.45. I'm not going to wake up at 5am then. <laughs> what, you don't want to get the full build up in? Come on. Oof. 5.45, we've got Australia hosting, hosting Australia against Fiji. This is what a game I thought was pretty much a foregone conclusion um, in my mind until I looked at the Fiji team and now I have changed my mind completely. This... This could be an epic. I mean, that Fiji team is. Look at the names. Is just. I mean, I know they had names last year, but this is, this is a different beast. It, it, it is a serious, serious Fiji team. I still that backline, that backline outside of nine and ten, which is oh. the problem. Well, yeah. I mean, nine and ten. It's particularly nine. This time four years ago, we were saying was actually was actually the strength. Yeah. So it's not as if, you know, I mean... Uh, oh, no, sorry, take it back, because it's not the same line. I it's not it was, Matawalu. Um, Matawalu, who's actually... No, he's on, on the bench. Yeah. So, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what that, 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 that lad's like, but, you know, people like um, Nakarawa, uh, Yato, Mata, I mean, these are serious, serious players. Ballers. Yeah. These, Absolute ballers. These are the type Marie, of... Indi- Marie Marivalu and Radrada and Bottier... Oh. Uh, just to, power oh my god! Yeah. yeah, Radrada, Bottia, to a sova, to a sova. Right, was described to me by Matt Gitto as one of the best wingers he has ever seen. He said he's hands down the best Fijian player that he's ever played with. That is out. That is that some is a, claim. A compliment. Yeah, um, <laughs> and like you know, going back to Yato, um, Bottia, and Nakarawa, um, Bill, Bill, Bill Matter. These are the sort of guys, right? Which chairman? will remortgage their multi-million pound mansions to go and sign. I mean, these are cornerstone players of major European clubs. Yeah. Uh, you know, we. I think we could be in for a bit of a shock here. Now, for all the, the stardust, do you, do you think they will have the set-piece dominance and the cohesiveness? Because mm. when, uh, when they played Japan, and I've mentioned this before, but when they played Japan, the Japanese team had sufficient cohesion and defensive strategy to shut them down in offence and then Japan were good enough to exploit them out wide was it a yeah. similar team to this that's what I'd ask it it was not that dissimilar there, there was Power. yeah it was maybe not quite as strong but there was there were still guys like Nakarawa Tuasova Radrada were in there so, Potsi I'm sure was in there yeah so there are a few things I would say about that number one Japan have well, been well, to, can, I, can I just re- suggest that we don't say a few things because this game is like yeah. kicking off in six <laughs> seven hours That's yeah a, but, that is a very good point Tim because everything we're going to say is going to be wrong I just can't help so, it I just can't help it I, I, here's what I'm going to say they've not been together as long as everyone else and doesn't matter how good you are some things you can't defend 
and the offloading and the sheer skills that they bring to the table. If they get it right, ask Wales from, what, 2000, whenever it was? Seven. Yeah, I mean, it can go horribly wrong. So, you know, Australia, still heavy favourites, but... Australia are a team, they've been two World Cup finals, they've won two other World Cup finals in 91 and 99, and, uh, and they're, they're a competition team, they'll do the business. Yeah, and they'll have some key players that might may or may not start. It's interesting that they've copied uh, England's Eddie Jones's kamikaze kid strategy of starting two sevens, and they've got these these young lads. Is uh, that cop- copying Eddie copying England? Yeah, mm. this 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 Hooper and this Pocock. Someone some might say Pooper uh, starting uh, at six and seven. So weirdly, they've done it a different way this time, haven't they? What are we going to call Underhill and Curry though? What are we going to call like Cunderhill? Cunderhill's fine. No, <laughs> no that. <laughs> I like, I like that, that. The Kamikaze Kids works for me. Cunderhill. Yeah. Kunderhill, yeah. Hur- <laughs> Hurry? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Kamikaze kids. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Let's move. On. Oh, okay. I mean, I could talk about this game for a little longer, but let, let's not. Let's not. Because <laughs> we'll, we'll get to talk about, about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it on Sunday after. Okay. Well, this is my this is my favourite game of the day. I'd say coming up now. Game number two. Game number two. My uh, my France at eight fifteen. Now, I mean, these are three brilliant games on Saturday. Oh, this is the one for me. This is the one. And it needs to pan out in a certain way. France need to win. Simple as that. So I, I actually think France might be okay if they if they lose because it might shake them into gear. Like their loss to Tonga in 2011 shook them into gear and they, they almost won the whole bloody thing. I'm the other way with them. So here's how I see it, okay? France Briefly. Need... Brief, yes, thank Fra- you, Tim. France need to win this. Yeah. And if they win it, they will build momentum and they'll get better and better and better. And it will also make Argentina really get under pressure to beat England. England then get beaten by Argentina and run into the buzzsaw, which is France, and England go out. So that's how it's going. So I think this, I think this is the most likely upset of the opening weekend is Argentina to sneak a win against France. Would that, would that be an upset? Are Argentina not favourites? No. No. In the in the rankings, and I think the bookies have France. I, in my mind, I, I would agree. I think that this is the most likely upset, albeit the the odds will be much closer. I actually think that Argentina are going to sneak this. I don't. I, I don't. I really don't. There is one real problem I have, though. Real problem. Go on. France aren't very big. Simple as that. Simple as that. What I love about France is how bloody massive they are. They're, did they nearly top a thousand kilograms? Uh, Vakatawa is taking that massive twelve roll. It's interesting that because I've, I think of him as a winger, winger. winger who'd been converted to thirteen, but not as a twelve. No, and Gail Picou can play twelve. Uh, yeah, I've seen it in real life. Yeah. Um, so you know, the France's back row is not big. Uh, Arthur Iritira I mean, is not big. I mean, Greg, he's tall, sure, but he's not big. Yeah, yeah, he, he's athletic. Varmahina is the only genuine he, he French monster in there. Well, Slimani's not enormous. Girardo's not enormous. Yeah, and I wonder if the French plan is to, God forbid, play rugby. <laughs> I think it might be. I, 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 I kind of, I, yeah, I, I think it might be. And but when I look at their backline, I think there's there's precocious talent, no question, but. 
I don't remember seeing Vakatawa playing for France at 12, and it's quite nope. a risky time to bust out a new... But, but like, when did, when did they decide between... Uh, All uh, the warm-up games when he didn't play 12, yeah. and now? Or, or how about in February, when they thought, <laughs> let's just get the biggest men on the planet, Let, let's <laughs> assemble the world's biggest squad. Like, do you know what? No, let's let's really shrink it down. All the back row are like six foot one. All of them. Gre- Gregory Aldrit. He is a very good player. Do you rate him? Yes. I'm not he, sure. He is a very good player. And he scores. He's only, I think he's 22, 23. Yeah, I mean... He is class. He looks like a guy who does a lot of damage against weaker teams. <laughs> you said he's a flat-track bu- bully? I don't know. He's just, you know, when you've got Louis Pickamore, I mean, he must obviously be bringing something quite substantial to the table. I've seen him play in Sale, actually, uh, against um, in La Rochelle. And he was really, really good. Pick a winner. Pick a winner of this game. France. Argentina. I am thinking Argentina might sneak it. I hope not. (laughs) Yeah. And then finally, who do you think is going to take... I've changed my mind on this. I think New Zealand are going to win this game now. Oh, you're insane, Tim Cocker. So the the key thing that they have done, Bowden Barrett starts at 15, Richie Moonga starts Mm. at 10, no Ben Smith. Nope. Uh, well, he's on the bench. But. I mean, Ben Smith is probably one of the best fullbacks, right, on planet Earth, and particularly for rock solid stability. Yep. When you've got Faf's unpredictable kicks and Andre Pollard's predictable but sensational kicking, uh, and Willie Larupo in the strings, I just, I'm, I'm totally shocked that they have gone for this. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I do, I love George Bridge. I think George Bridge is. Absolutely class. Seve Reese gets a lot of the plaudits, but George Bridget is just such a, to, to use one of your phrases to me, such a Rolls Royce of a player. He just glides around the pitch. So, yeah, all right. So, the All Blacks have in one foul swoop taken away one of the world's best 15s, left him outside of the uh, uh, 15. Yeah. They've also moved their most talented playmaker, or no, the world's most talented playmaker, <laughs> away from 10. Yeah. And they missed it, the world's best forward. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at his side, I'm thinking, Sam Whitelock, Scott Barrett, yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're really good. But they're not Ibn Etzebeth and Franco Mostar. So they've got rid of their absolute world... I mean, you put Bowden Barrett and Ben Smith in a team and you can say you've got a better fullback and a better 10 than anyone else in the world. Yes, true. But you can't say that with this. Yeah, I do. I know exactly what you mean. I still, I still think New Zealand. I've just got maybe too much faith in New Zealand. I think they're going to do it. No chance. Not not happening. And and they have again copied Eddie Jones and gone for two open sides in the back row. Yeah, and such I, Eddie Jones, such Eddie Jones fans. I, I, a great, just copy, copy in England. A great mind, Eddie I, Jones. Not, no, I, I I do genuinely wonder if this is. Because of the heat, and you just you simply cannot have too many tired bodies. You need people who are, will be off the floor in one second, two seconds. Yeah, well, I tell you how um, how this is going to go down. Um, Mostar, Etzebeth, Khaleesi, oh, Peter, Steph, Detoy. What a player! Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Vermeulen. They're going to manhandle the opposite numbers. They are going to manhandle them. This is going to. This reminds me almost like the matchup before the Lions, when the Lions are just absolutely huge. Huge men who are not going to be as experienced together as it. Malcolm Marks, Malcolm Marks, kits off. These guys are animals. There's, I, I'm going to go South Africa by two sto- by two scores. 
There you go. Can't wait to find out. I can't wait to find out. I, I can't but, wait to find out. So, chances are the next time we'll be podding will be Sunday. Yep. So, shall we run through... I can't. I don't know if I can wait till Sunday. Shall I we... genuinely don't know. <laughs> well, I'm I'm in Liverpool tomorrow night, so I, I'm out of action tomorrow. Um, I, I can do one with you tomorrow, tomorrow night, Jay. Do yes. You, do I you think... want to do that? Shall we, shall we leave the, the next three predictions... Yeah, and let's... Oh, my God. Well, we just France, do one-word predictions. I okay. we could maybe flesh that out a little bit. Francois Lowe, Orgy Snayman. <laughs> so, the Sunday's games, Italy versus Namibia, uh, is going to Italy be... It's going to be a, a fairly handy win for Italy. Um, the next two games... Well, England versus Tonga is going to be a fairly handy win for England. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, Eddie Jones has picked two open sides. Don't know if we mentioned it yet. No, no, yeah, we haven't. <laughs> um, and it, it does, that to me, does look like the strongest singing team, other than possibly Mark Wilson to come in on the bench, uh, and possibly Thokken a singer. Um, yeah, but even that... Thokken's not 100% fit, so they haven't... Yeah. I'll tell you, the one thing, probably the thing that caught my eye most about the England team, because I was expecting the two sevens, I was expecting Ford Farrell, it is the bench of Slade and Joseph which suggests to me that yeah. on Thursday, England play against the USA, a game that you guys will be at. Yes. Oh, yeah, we will. I, huh. uh, we'll get an idea of what Eddie Jones is thinking in relation to fly half, because I th- will he end- has he got Henry Slade on the bench as fly half cover? Yeah, well, he's got Henry Slade, ironically, on the bench to cover everything else but 13. I mean, that, that, yeah, I mean, Joseph. Has... Yeah, Joseph would go. Well, Joseph, wing, Joseph, wing and thirteen. Yeah. Wing thirteen. Slade of Yeah, yeah. Ten. Yeah, yeah. Ten twelve. Yeah. And Ludlam on the bench is interesting as well. But Mark Wilson uh, has got a bit of a knock, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, and obvi- the obvious other player to come in would be Mako. So is it two games on fair. Sunday? Uh, no, because then you've got the big game on Sunday, which is Ireland versus oh, Scotland. Yes. I am in looking word, forward to word, that. One. In a word, Scotland, Ireland, Ireland. Come on, Scotland! I'm 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 surprised that they've not picked Conan in the back row, but they've got Hendo in there for you carrying. Um, he didn't. Conan Conan doesn't play as well for Ireland as he does for Leinster. Yeah, so but no he, one plays as well for Ireland as they do for Leinster. That's the problem. He needs time though. He needs to bed in, and then yeah, the the bit that if I were if I was. Um, Finn Russell and Greg Laidlaw and Stuart Hogg, the person I would be targeting would be Jordan Lama. Jordan Lama is exceptionally talented, but he has not done it at the highest level, apart from, in my mind, there was one amazing break against Italy. Was it this year or last year? This year. Other than that, he has looked a little bit out of place at the highest level. Yeah, I'm just going to say this about Jordan Lama. He is amazingly talented. Be careful what you wish for. Uh, You know, Kicking it to Jason Robinson when he first moved, like, moved to 15 <laughs> might have sounded like a great idea. Put him into some high balls. Yeah. Didn't work out so well. True. Uh, so, there you go. There you go. Uh, okay, so uh, tell me this, boys. We might do one tomorrow. We should do one tomorrow. It's a World Cup. That, that's what, that's our job. Um, we'll do one on Sunday. And on Sunday, we can talk about the Premiership Cup, right? <laughs> um, if your beloved Sail Sharks win, no, you not can my have, beloved. We'll you can talk have about 20, every team equally. You can have 20 to 30 seconds on it. Yeah, perfect, no. perfect. Right, yeah, 20, 20, 20, 30 seconds. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> so there we are. There, there we are. We the go. first day of the World Cup. 
In in the oh, bag. Just, Done. I, I, I forgot to mention one of my favourite moments of the day was listening to the post match press chat with the Russian captain. I did not expect an Irish accent. <laughs> Is he Irish? Yeah. Um, yeah. He went to school in Black, Black Rock Black College, Rock. Ireland. Good yeah. lad. Oh, amazing. He was at Northampton for a few he's years. Properly, he's, he's genuinely Russian as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, the fullback. Yeah, fullback. Yeah, William. I did yes. know that, actually. I did know that. There you go. Done. First day of the World Cup. Oh, it's so good to be here. In the bag. You can follow us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast, me at Jay Beardmore, Tim Cocker, at Cocker. Uh, and and go on. Tell mates and get, get, just spread the word, get the podcast out there. Oh, yeah, and it. also... You know, all this effort that we put in for you, it's not free. So go go and visit Akuma, Akuma Shops. Go and get your wonderful Egg Chasers rugby jersey. Or maybe you've got a little bit bit of excess growth. Maybe you want to go to our pals at Cornerstone and get yourself a, you know, a razor. You just go to Cornerstone forward slash Egg Chasers. Boom. Keep this little project that we've got going. Uh, well, keep it going. And also make sure that me and Phil can, can afford ne- uh, Negronis and rooftop bars in, in Japan. Because that's what it's all about, really. So until tomorrow when we come back to you with more amazing rugby knowledge from me, Tim and Phil, goodbye. Bye. Top work. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.